One of the lies that we easily buy into is that uh, some weakness that we have, uh, a physical handicap of some sort, a, a health issue, uh, a circumstance that has left us at a disadvantage limits uh, what we can experience and achieve in life. Sadly, we, we allow these negative cards that we've been dealt in life to define who we are and, and what we can do. We, we let these cards limit us. At the beginning of the 20th century, there was a pioneering psychologist by the name of Alfred Adler who came up with something called the theory of compensation. If any of you have uh, studied psychology or psychotherapy, you will be familiar with some of Adler's theories as they have had a huge impact on the modern understanding, uh, modern day understanding of people. Adler taught that, uh, that these disadvantages that we believe that we have in our lives uh, can become amazing advantages because they force us to develop uh, attitudes and abilities that we would never have discovered all on our own. He, he taught that it's as we choose to compensate for these disadvantages in our lives that our greatest gifts are revealed. Adler talks about like some of the greatest composers in world history, Mozart and Beethoven among them. Both of them had degenerative issues in their ears. They had something physically negatively impacting their hearing. And they leveraged this hearing impairment to become among the best composers ever. I mean, think about that. It's amazing. Adler went on and looked at a number of professions or jobs and found all sorts of examples of people who leveraged their weakness so that it allowed them to discover new strengths. He, he concluded that perceived disadvantages such as birth defects, physical ailments, and circumstances like poverty can be springboards to success. And that success is not achieved in spite of the perceived weaknesses. It is achieved because of them. It was achieved because the person with the perceived disadvantage did not buy into the lie that the disadvantage had defined them. Rather, they worked with the disadvantage and, and allowed that disadvantage to help them discover strengths about themselves as they might not have discovered otherwise. Canadian writer Malcolm Gladwell talks about a study of small business owners uh, uh, where 35% of the, uh, biz these business owners all self-identified as being dyslexic. Dyslexia is a huge handicap for kids or for anyone. It makes going to school and things like that really tough. But what this disadvantage did was to force this group of small business owners to develop a different skill set. Some of them became incredibly good at oral communication because reading for them was so difficult. Others learned to rely on, on, on having well-developed social skills compensate for the, it just helped them compensate for the challenges they had in the classroom. All of them developed a work ethic that might have remained undeveloped or, yeah, undeveloped if, uh, if reading had come really easy to them. When you make a choice, the choice to not buy into the lie that some disadvantage, some circumstance in your life, no matter how horrific, will limit who you are, then our greatest disadvantages become the key to finding our greatest strengths. Okay, today, we are in our fifth study called Alive and Well, Hope for Mental Health. 
I've been using material from Saddleback Church, and today also a little bit from a speaker I really appreciate, Mark Batterson. And today I, I want to talk about the need we all have to embrace the reality that we live with physically, mentally, circumstantially, and, and, and with God's spirit empowering us to leverage our reality, including our perceived disadvantages, to, to become all that God would have us become. That our identity is not defined by our disadvantage, but by who God intends us to be. Because the fact of the matter is, we are all incredibly complex, blessed with gifts and talents, as well as with some things we might see as disadvantages. The writers of the Bible want you and me to know that there is nothing simple about any of us. You are not easy to explain, okay? I am not that easy to explain. Yeah, you knew that. There are many factors and a whole lot of forces out there that have contributed to making you who you are. King David said this in a time of personal worship. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Friends, you are not just complex. You are wonderfully complex. Guys, if you're uh, sitting next to your wife, whisper into her ear right now, honey, you are wonderfully complex. And then wives, you whisper back, you are amazingly simple. <laughs> Truth is, the writers of the Bible want us to know that we are all men and women wonderfully complex and, and the reality that each of us works with, the, the reality uh, of the bodies we were born with and the circumstances that we have lived through make each one of us different with a different set of complexities. Uh, I love these words of King Solomon in the message paraphrase. A person who fears God deals responsibly with all of reality, not just a piece of it. If you're going to become who God wants you to be, um, you're going to have to look at the reality of what you inherited in life as well as the circumstances that have been dealt to you. You've got to embrace the reality of this in a way that transforms you for the better rather than letting it limit you so that you can become who God created you to be. I I'm sure some of you that we've got a few amazing five stud poker players here. I mean, we do sometimes picture ourselves as cowboys here in Alberta. So in a five card uh, stud poker, you, you have to play the cards you're dealt. You, you don't get to mix and match them. You, you don't get to say, I want to play his hand. You, you can only play the cards you're dealt. In, in many ways, that is a metaphor in life. There are some things that you've been dealt in life. You, you didn't choose them. You didn't choose your parents, you, you didn't choose where you were born, uh, when you were born, how you were born, um, you, you didn't choose uh, your race, you didn't choose your talents, you didn't choose the talents you don't have. There are a lot of things that make you, you, that you had no choice in at all. And they are the hand that you were dealt. And you've got to play the hand that you were dealt. But, but here's the tough truth about the cards we've all been dealt in life. As wonderful as some of these cards are, the, the truth is that every one of these cards is flawed. Every one of these cards is marred by sin. Every one of these cards is imperfect because nothing is perfect on this planet. We've talked about this many times here. Everything in the world is broken. The weather is broken. We have tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes. God didn't plan for the earth to be that way. It is broken by sin. Well, we know the economy is broken. I mean, anyone want to agree with that? 
hey, I whine, I know, but I'm reminded of that every time I look at what I paid for my home, and then I look at what I would get for it today, and many of you are in the same boat. Yeah, the economy does not work perfectly. Well, we know that your body does not work perfectly, right? It, it doesn't always work the way you want it to. Your, your body is broken. Nobody has a perfect body except, well, maybe I better not go there. I was going to say me. But anyways, <laughs> well, we know that no relationship is perfect, that, that two imperfect people cannot create a perfect relationship. I, I married a sinner, and Jane married a bigger one. So two imperfect people can't have a perfect relationship. Friends, this is not heaven. This is earth. Nothing works correctly here. Everything works correctly in heaven. In heaven, there is no sorrow, no sadness, no tears, no trials, no troubles, no pain, no pressure, no conflict. But this is not heaven. We are to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because it's done perfectly there, not here. Uh, we pray for heaven to break through here on earth. So everything in your life, all the cards that you've been dealt have imperfections in them. They're all marred by sin. But there's great news in the middle of all this. And that news is our God sent Jesus to be a savior. He saves us not only from our sins so that we can spend eternity with God in the new heaven and new earth that's coming, but he saves us from ourselves. He sent Jesus to transform those cards we've been dealt. He, he sent Jesus to empower us to have a winning hand, to, to flourish uh, in our new lives. So let's focus just a, a little more on two things that shape who we are deeply that I've been talking about that are flawed and marred by sin and that can be transformed powerfully because of Jesus. And first, let's talk about, I'll just call it my chemistry, what I was born with, the, the cards that I was given at birth. This is like your chromosomes, right? Your, your DNA, it's your genes, it's, it's your hormones, it's your chemical makeup. At the most basic biological level, it's you and your body. Everything that, that, that happens in your life happens in your body, and, and your body is made up of chemicals. Some of you were born, for instance, with a hypersensitivity to pain. Others of you were born with a high tolerance for pain. I used to play paintball a bit, and some guys would bulk up a lot uh, uh, because they were just pain intolerant. Some would just put on a sweatshirt so that they could feel it a little bit. And then there are always a guy or two who wanted to play shirtless, right? Crazy, except pain didn't seem to bother them or they were just stupid. But anyways, yeah, pain didn't really bother them. Let's talk about energy. Some of you are more low energy by wiring. Others of you are incredibly high energy. Most of you are, are right-handed. I'm left-handed. But when it comes to sports, I throw with my right hand, and sometimes what I say is I throw equally poorly with either hand, but that's probably a lie I bought into as a kid. And in the shooting sports, I'm right-handed, and I didn't buy into the lie there, so I do okay. Well, I do okay at the range. Maybe on the field, some people will question that. But anyways... Some of us wear glasses. Some of us have weak eyesight. It's not right or wrong. It's just part of the way you're wired. It's, it's that every one of us has structural and chemical weaknesses in our body. All of us have biological and chemical deficiencies. And these create emotional problems. These create physical problems. They, they create mental problems in our lives. 
If you, for instance, have low thyroid levels, you can exercise all you want and you're still not going to get enough energy. You, you need to get a thyroid supplement. Um, it's a physical chemical reaction. If you're low on a, homo, on a hormone like estrogen or testosterone or you have a deficiency uh, uh, in uh, maybe iron or another chemical, it's, it's going to affect you emotionally, uh, mentally. It's going to affect you physically. Here's what you need to understand. No flaw is sinful or shameful in my physical body, in my biology, uh, in my chemistry. No flaw is shameful or sinful. It's, it's just how you ended up being wired. You know, the last taboo today is, is mental illness. People don't want to talk about it as if it's some kind of bad thing. Really, when you think about it, mental illness is no different than physical illness or emotional illness. It's, it, it often has a chemical basis, at least um, the chemicals always get impacted by it. Mental illness is no more to be ashamed of than cancer. Emotional illness is no more to be ashamed of than if you have a degenerative disc in your back. It's just part of who, who you are, that everything in our lives is broken and, and often there's chemistry involved with it. You know, you can buy a pair of jeans that look like this, you know, all torn up and ripped up. And these torn, ripped up jeans, they often come with a tag that says, these jeans are unique with intentional flaws. Um, yeah. And you pay extra for the unique flaws, right? Heck, all those jeans that don't pass quality control, instead of sending them out to an outlet mall, they, they can now charge more for them. It's genius, right? But then, wouldn't it be great to do that with people? Put a tag on each of us that says, your genes have flaws that make you unique. Because the fact is, you are unique, including your flaws. Your, your flaws are part of who you are, your custom design. The fact is, God designed you, and sure, you not the, you're not the perfect version of you yet. That's coming. But, but he's allowed those flaws to be part of your life now. And, and he even uses those flaws for his purposes and glory. And, and with God's help, we need to learn how to leverage those flaws for his glory. Hey, even the Apostle Paul, he, he struggled with his weakness. He talked about having this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. It was likely some sort of physical or mental disability. We're not sure. And it's something that Paul carried with him for all of his life. But he learned to embrace that weakness and see it as an opportunity for God to be at work in his life. When he prayed to God about healing this weakness, uh, here's what he heard from God and what he did after hearing God. This is Paul talking. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul embraced the reality of his weakness and let God use uh, the weaknesses he had for his purposes. And those weaknesses became a part of how God worked powerfully through him. Paul leveraged weakness for God's glory. So the way to live life to the full 
is we respond to our weaknesses, to the chemistry that we've been dealt with by embracing the reality of it instead of letting it be a handicap, we, we let it become a springboard to, to greater strength. We do what Mozart and Beethoven did with hearing impediments and become great composers. It's what the Apostle Paul said, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. Okay, let's move from the chemistry that you and I were born with to, to my circumstances that I've lived through. These are things that happen to you. These are things that happen around you and, and they help shape your identity for, for the better or worse, you know, depending on how you embrace them. The reality is you are a product of the traumas and the troubles in your life. You are a product of the suffering and the shame and the shock and the stress. Problems shape your life. Pressures shape your life. Pain shapes your life. If you've ever been abused, and I'm so sorry that's happened to you, so, so sorry. The fact is that your abuse, whether it was physical, emotional, sexual, or whatever, it has affected your identity. If you've ever experienced rejection, that has affected your identity. If you've ever had a failure or a series of failures or major failures in your life, that has affected your identity. You, you start telling yourself things over and over related to those failures, things that are not true. If you had a crisis, if you had a catastrophe, these are things that, that leave scars on your identity. It's part of what you were dealt in life. Those of us who went through the Fort McMurray wildfire are shaped by the wildfire or the flood two years ago or the pandemic of the past couple of years. We're shaped by it all. But if you are a follower of Jesus, here's the trump card, dare I say, the Jesus card that you have. With Jesus, I can choose to trust God no matter what. I can choose to trust God regardless of my circumstances. And that gives you an identity that nobody else is going to have. Listen to these words from the Apostle Paul. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Friends, God knows us far better than we know ourselves. So yeah, that means we should trust him more than we trust our own judgment. Makes sense? And God wants to use every circumstance in my life to make me more like Jesus. Here at Fort City, we have a mission statement, making Jesus visible as we live and love like him. And what that means is we embrace the reality of our circumstances and we trust God in the bad, and as we trust God, he chooses, he just uses those good and bad things in our lives to make us better, to make us more like Jesus. And as we become more like Jesus, we, we make Jesus visible to a hurting world in so much need. They, they see Jesus in us by how we respond to pain and negative circumstances. It's powerful. King David says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Friends, when you get to that point, that's a choice, right? It's a choice when you say, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. That is a, a confidence no one has on Parliament Hill. That is a confidence that no you know, self-help television guru like Oprah has. 
It's the confidence that says, hit me with your best shot and I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. That is a confidence that's not built on how much money I have or sex or status or education, uh, possessions or position. It's built on my relationship to God and it cannot be taken from me. I will praise the Lord no matter what. You, wanna, you might want to put this in the notes in your phone. I am a product of my past, but I'm not a prisoner of it. I'm a product of my past, yes, but it has influenced me. My, my chemistry and my circumstances, they have all influenced me. I am a product of my past, but I am not a prisoner of it, and I can be different. And ultimately, this is all based on your spirit-empowered relationship with Jesus Christ, where every day I choose to ask Jesus to save me, to deliver me from my chemistry, from my physical, emotional, and mental challenges, and, and allow him to transform them for his purposes and glory, allow him to leverage them for good. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, ask him to forgive you for the sin in your life that he died on the cross to pay for. If you've invited him into your life and asked him to become your Lord and leader, then you have Jesus living in you through the Holy Spirit, and he wants to empower you to embrace your reality. That is to embrace the chemistry you were born with and the circumstances you've had throughout your life and just allow him to transform your chemistry and your circumstances so that your life flourishes. And as you do that, God is able to use you to be a source of huge help and encouragement to others. You're living and loving like Jesus, and as people see you doing that, they are just touched and encouraged by your life. If you've never become that committed follower of Jesus, I will invite you to do that in a few moments. Today might be your day to, to have the transforming power of Jesus empowering you to live above it all, above what you were dealt with at birth, above the circumstances that you've lived through. But for those of you who say, yeah, I've made a commitment to follow Jesus. I, I've done that. There's something that you need to do that will really, really help you rise above the challenges of your chemistry and circumstance. And, and that's to firmly put a stake in the ground where you publicly tell everyone, I am a follower of Jesus, this is my identity. Putting that stake in the ground saying, I'm a follower of Jesus is just huge. I'm talking baptism. Baptism is not only a public declaration that you are a committed follower of Jesus uh, to all the people present. It is a cosmic declaration to the powers that oppose you to the dark world of the demonic that forever work to see us get crushed by our chemistry and our circumstances. After you put that stake in the ground, anytime the evil one uses your chemistry or your circumstances against you, you just point to the day that you said to the whole world, um, I belong to Jesus, that Jesus is living in me, and yeah, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Baptism is that stake in the ground that gives you stability uh, when the world around you is shaking. Baptism is an incredibly powerful act that strengthens you for the challenges that you will face, and it is an act of obedience that honors our God. Baptism is a picture of these words of the Apostle Paul, when someone becomes a Christian, they become a brand new person inside. A new life has begun. On Sunday, June 12th, we're going to have baptisms as a part of our worship service. This is your opportunity to put that stake in the ground and declare that you are a brand new person inside, that Jesus has come into your life and given you his new life, his new transforming life.
And then you hang on to the day of your baptism because that's the day I officially declared I am all in with Jesus. I'm a Christian. There's no turning back. I'm part of the family of God. This is my identity. So message me or one of the staff or the church that you want to be baptized. It is just such an important step in your faith. Friends, if you follow Jesus, you are a new person. That's a whole new identity. You are a child of God. And no matter what cards I've been dealt in life, my, my God is able to transform them for the good of others and his glory. And because of Jesus, I have a wild card, a trump card, a Jesus card that means I really do have the winning hand. Will you join me in a time of prayer? And what I'm going to do is invite you to take the words that I pray and just pray them yourself and make them your own prayer. And uh, if you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, to, to be a Christian, to make Jesus your leader and Lord, uh, this will be your opportunity as well. So join me and let's pray. Father God, there are, yeah, some things that have been dealt in my life, some from birth, some from circumstances that I don't like. You, you can tell them that. Tell them what you don't like. But I thank you that Jesus is my wild card, that he is my trump card, um, that he can see this all turned around for good. I thank you that you want to turn this around for good. And so I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life. Do that right now. Just say that. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life. Or others of you say, I invite you, Jesus, anew to fill me with your transforming spirit. And all of us, I confess my sin that has kept me apart from God. And I thank you that Jesus cleanses me from my sin and gives me a new identity. Holy Spirit, come and, and do a work in my life that only you can do. I, I give all that I am to you, the good and the bad, and, and I invite you to work out that new life in me that you have that, so that I can live and love more like you. Thank you that no matter what I've been dealt in life, that transformation is possible. I embrace you as my transformer, my, the one who changes me. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.